You're listening to Can I Help You with the love master himself, Craig Shoemaker. Here we are. Another day, another guest, another buddy, another old friend. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason to this podcast. It's, <laughs> it's basically... Just like our relationship. It's just, it's kind of like if we run into one another, hey, you want to do my podcast? That's the way it is. Sure, Nobody needs not? credits anymore. I used to put the big credit people on here, Sam Jackson and Katie Seagal. I don't do it that way anymore. No, yeah, just now it's just us. Now it's just yeah, it's me <laughs> and whoever, and they might be famous. I mean, you're kind of famous. I'll introduce you in a second. It's called Craig Shoemaker. Can I help you, Doctor Craig Shoemaker? Can I help you? And a lot of the inspiration for doing this is, I've helped a lot of people through the years uh, with uh, jobs, with uh, helping them through difficult times. Fixed up a lot of marriages, nine marriages. And I, I really do love helping people. But something we'll talk about today because we get deep and personal is I watched a show last night. And I had a little bittersweet thing going. It's a guy that I've mentored for years. And I helped him out in the very beginning. And then some. And as a matter of fact, the show that he did, it was the show that I got him. And now I never hear from him again. Wait, what show was it? I don't want to say oh, because okay. then everybody's going to know what it is. Okay. They will anyway. <laughs> I might get, you might get it out of me. Craig Armstrong is our guest. Uh, I'm uh, Craig Shoemaker and he's Craig Armstrong. He's the taller, handsomer, <laughs> but I do have more hair. <laughs> quite, uh, quite a bit more hair, yes. <laughs> so, I am the Shoemaker bald version. We, we, got, we got that covered. We both have a lot in common. We met through our wives mm -hmm. and we both have difficult kind of divorces in our past. All, I would say almost uh, close to being identical. I think yours is worse than mine, ultimately, but still just as painful. Yeah, and and also ironically or strangely, our kids were in the same class during this. Uh, is that true? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, our daughter's I, been in Justin's class all oh, through, that's right. yes, all through yes, middle school yes, and high school. Right, now Tyler. they're in college. Yeah. That's right, yes. But that was another strange coincidence. And then we have kids that are the same age, the little ones that are the mm -hmm. same age with other marriages. You know, and That's right. And we basically, as they say, we out-punted our coverage. Out-kicked our coverage. But punted, kicked, uh, you know. Yeah, you could go either Field goal kicked. Oh, you've punted. always heard kicked. I've, I've always, always heard, heard punted. Yeah, out-kicked out our coverage. Let's see. Uh, no, it would be punting because... Kicking you they, these days, they kick it in the it end zone every time. It may be a Philly time. reference, but in Texas, really? it's an out. We out kicked your coverage. Really? Yeah, it's always been out kick. That's, that's something. That's something we don't have in common. Is your Texas, <laughs> your Cowboys, I'm Eagles. We definitely don't have that in common. We're actually we should be enemies at this point. No, we we don't. We don't like the Cowboys. We really, we have disdain for the Cowboys. It, I, I don't think it works the other way around. You're like the arrogant kind of hot looking woman. That doesn't even care what anybody thinks because you know you're going to have action. I don't care, yeah. yeah we will know. eventually be in the Super Bowl again. Right. But you don't have a hatred towards any of the other. Who's your team that you hate in the NFC East? Um, well, your, your rival. I think it's Washington. No. Well, it was always when I was growing up, the Reds, Cowboys and Redskins. Yes. Right? It was always Cowboys, Redskins, or Cowboys, Giants, or Cowboys, Eagles, or Cowboys, 49ers. It was always some of those guys, right? Right. And yeah. um, we always felt picked on. and But, you know, we were labeled as— You felt picked on? Well, we were labeled as America's team, oh my God, right? You sound like Trump now. Do you remember it's that? It's a witch hunt. <laughs> it's a witch hunt. We're treated unfairly. <laughs> That always cracks me up. How do you be treated unfairly with that kind of money and that kind of power? You're not being treated unfairly. Well, and either are the Cowboys. We you had we had high expectations 
all throughout my growing up, the Cowboys yeah. were always expected to win uh, no matter what, and we were always expected to win against our rivalries, and it just, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure. But you didn't – see, we had – I guess it's a Philly thing, an East Coast thing, because we actually have hatred. I don't like to – honor that or i don't think it's a wonderful thing but i don't think y- y'all have that <laughs> y'all we do not have hatred really <clears throat> yeah we just uh, look i mean uh texas is known for its generosity it's known for its um welcoming of anyone and everyone for the most part and you know when it comes to sports we think we're really good at it and we love playing football and so yeah there's no yeah, there is there. that. Uh, yeah, there is that cockiness though, because you go, ah, we'll we'll get there again, yeah. and we've been there before. You <laughs> haven't. You just got your first Super Bowl there, Eagles. I, you know, I thought, <laughs> I thought when I was, my dad was in the NFL, right? What? <laughs> yeah, he, he played. Oh, this is a this is a. He plays that you buried the lead for years. <laughs> <laughs> he played on that one. for the St. Louis Cardinals what? back when they were in St. Louis. Uh, only for two years. With it was Jim Hart? No, Conrad Dobler days. Yeah, Do you no, remember Jim that? Hart. Yeah. He was the good, Hart was the quarterback. Okay. Conrad Dobler, who was a real nasty guy who would yeah. bite and spit. That's right. Yeah, he was known for that. Yeah. My, my dad was a defensive uh, end. What? And he was 6'5", you know, 260-plus, whatever. He only survived two years um, and, uh, you know, massive injuries, knees, shoulders, the whole nine yards. And yeah. I thought – uh, playing football in Texas, that I would be the next uh, Roger Staubach. I was convinced, you know what I mean? I was convinced I was going to play football. I was a quarterback. You were a quarterback? Yeah. You were a big quarterback. Yeah. You are like a Byron Leftwich yeah, uh, type I, of big dude. Well, I was, I was lankier. Um, oh, you were, yeah. yeah okay, in, really? Back in the day. So, But you still you had your dad's kind of girth, though. You know what I mean? And the, and you could take a hit. Well, I was tall. I was six, I'm 6'4", six so right. I, and I could take a hit. Um, and I just loved, loved the game of football and loved being a quarterback. But thank God I did not go into the <laughs> the NFL, right? Why? Well, See, because I, I think I'm way more successful as a TV yeah, you producer. You could have been both. You could have had your years, yeah. like your dad had a couple years, impressing someone on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> he had two years. Your son could be on a Bowman, could be on. Yeah, my dad played a couple years in the NFL. He's a quarterback for the Cowboys. <laughs> Yeah, no. yep, you would you would have that, and you would have your success, which we will get to because you have it's not in football whatsoever. It's a it, whole other yeah, business. it was not to be football. I love watching football. I love going to football games, but I'm okay not to play it. How about your son, who's a big dude, by the way? He's he's <laughs> he's right in line with the Armstrongs. Yeah. He's a thick kid. He's now, he's is he playing football? No, he's eight, but he looks like he's twelve. Right. And he is weirdly not interested in sports right now. Ooh. And, you know, they don't let them play in California until much a little bit well, later. Well, they don't let them play tackle. They play yeah. that wussy. Um, yeah. I coached it. They play that <laughs> flag football. Listen, yeah. nothing wrong with flag football, but they don't have blocking either. Yeah. So yeah. as soon as the play goes, you have they have to stand there yeah. with their arms behind their back like they're hogtied for a robbery. Yeah. So, yeah, you can't move. It drives me crazy. I've never seen anything like it. It is it is weird. I mean, we he did one, you know, I don't know even it's not even a season, you know, like I think it was just a bunch of practices and that sort of thing and and he, that was when he was like maybe 6 or 7. Mm-hmm. He just he just didn't gravitate towards it. We'll reintroduce him back to it probably when he's 10 maybe. Yeah. And see if he likes it. Basketball for sure. But he's uh, not playing it yet. No, he's not playing. Uh, you and know, do you he, have these talks with him? I talk to my kids all the time about what they're interested. In. And it's it's amazing how they do switch interest even if it's a 
different sport or no sports or band or whatever it is, you have the talk with your kids. I know, I know your one son is amazing musician. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you had that talk with him yep, when you were when he was starting out. You probably want him to play football. And he ended up with a guitar. No. Well, you know, Austin, um, and he now is actually a music producer, and he has uh, produced music for artists that are actually uh, out in the world right now. I mean, he's actually making money uh, with his music, and he lives in Venice. And he... Um, for right those of you listening, it could be anywhere else. It's Venice, California. He's not... On a gondola. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. Although there are gondolas down there. Yeah, there are. There are there. And there are actually little uh, tributaries. Canals, or yeah. yeah, little canals. Yes. Yeah. But there's no guy with a big stick yeah. taking so, you through Venice. Yeah. Over here, you've got our homeless section. Yeah. It's the small small Venice. It's small version of Venice. Yeah. So but, he's there, and he's producing music. But did he? you have that... That chat with him when he was younger, when he said, this is my direction. Dad. Well, look, I mean, he showed an interest in music really early, and so I I went and bought him a guitar. Mm -hmm. and At what age? Uh, he was 11. Okay. And said, um, and I, I did it out of really probably bad reasons, but I wish it had happened to me. I wanted to get women. <laughs> and I and so, you know what I mean. So I love that you're admitting it. That's no, I I was you know, and sports was the was my sort of that was my that was uh, it. Yes, I couldn't do anything musically, but since he showed interest, I said, take this guitar. It's a true story. I said, take this guitar, and it's a great way. Uh, women love musicians. Like, they're going to love you. And and whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But and, and that's not the reason he started doing it. But he started playing, and the next thing you know. Uh, He's playing the House of Blues. He's playing all sorts it, of places. It does. It does help those. You got the, the ladies are definitely a motivation. <laughs> I I didn't. I mean, I have a little music ability and a little sports ability, but definitely comedy ability, because the women always say they want a sense of humor. They love that. Yes. Oh, it's so full of it. They love it. They're so full of it. I, Craig, you work. Money, you work humor. You the, look, look. You worked in the comedy business. You started at the Improv. I did. You, it, women aren't lining up for you know as groupies for a comedian. They uh, they don't sit there. They sit there like with rock and roll. They're going, oh, they, he wrote that song for me. Sarah, smile. I am Sarah. <laughs> Sharona, I am Sharona. But no, there's nobody going. Oh, this comedian. I'm I'm engaged to him. That's my PMS. He's talking about up there. <laughs> he he's. I hope he says my name. That's, no, it's a different story. So they don't line up. They definitely line up for. What do you think the psychology is behind that? But behind uh, not lining up with no women lo loving a musician like how many you know I think there it's are. just uh, you know men aren't emotional creatures right they're they're t typically are not the emotional ones so I yeah. think women when musicians are singing and and you know so kind of putting it all out there it's a very vulnerable. Uh, state and I think women are attracted to that. I think they really like. Wow, uh, I've never heard it broken down like um, this. Before. I think they really. Well, this is my opinion. So they're I'm in. Sure. It's, um, there's no one else here. So <laughs> they've all heard my opinion, yeah. and I've never heard that one before. So it's the vulnerability that they're actually. Well, and they're commanding too at the same time. So they're just by the act of singing, which men don't typically do, or you know, you don't think about a guy doing that uh, um, um, in the regular world. I mean, they are singing, they're putting their their selves out there, and they're really exposing themselves. But yet, they're commanding uh, an audience. So it's kind of a dual uh, attraction. Yeah. 
It's definitely not based on like uh, manly bodies. I mean, you're no. You seen Billy Joel? Were you with me the night we were with Mick Jagger and he sat next to me? Remember, the, you know, I've taken you to those parties yes, before. I love those. Never yeah. again. They're only once, and I was at. Yeah. Well, I take a different guest star every time. I want to impress people. I brought you one year to Jeff Franklin's parties where he has these jam sessions. Who was there the night you were there? I, uh, we I know the, we, we had, went with Katie Segal. We had the Beach Boys, Katie Segal, uh, uh, Tom um, Jones. Tom Jones, uh, Priscilla Presley was there. Yeah, but she didn't sing. Um, Macy Gray was Macy there. Macy Gray, that's right. Yeah, it was Bobby a, it, Brown. It was a slew of people. Yeah, it's there was a crazy parties, yeah. and uh, I took you to one, and I was I just like to watch people's faces. That's actually part of even doing this podcast. It, that wasn't a can I help you, Craig Armstrong, but it was. I do love making people happy or doing something that they wouldn't normally do. That's not something that. Every day you're walking in to see. Tom well, I still Jones. talk about that party. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. It's like a, it was a really fun, different yeah. moment. Yeah, it's a, it does it doesn't happen every day. I don't I don't know about you. Are you at the point in your life where you don't get the pleasure anymore unless it's someone else's pleasure? That's the way I am now. I I, I don't even like doing anything anymore. I was on the field with the Eagles the other day. And I, I saw I, them. Yeah. Of course, I think to myself, oh, what what a change this is from me sneaking in and trying to sneak down and looking behind me and the security guards taking me and stealing the little football that, that you know, the the cart that, you know, you drive Wait, around. You, you snuck down on the field? No, not that. Not last week. I'm oh. too old to do that. I'm okay. talking about, I thought of the days when I did, when I would steal the cart, me and Cerami. Actually, that's who I took this time. And we were saying we saw the little cart, you know, the injury cart. We stole it, and the security was all after us. We're 17 years old. We're, like, barreling around the field. But that's how it was back then. So I do think about that for a moment. But I've had so many of these opportunities now. And and you have too, where you're just going, man, you got to pinch me here. I can't believe. First of all, you can't believe you're doing it. But I don't know about you, but do you have this feeling like you'd rather someone else enjoy it? Like you bring someone to the campus, wherever it is, whatever the production is? A hundred percent. I I think it's, it, you know, it. you recognize it the second – you know, Christmas, you re- you realize you like giving gifts more than you like receiving gifts, right? Like as a kid, you just couldn't wait to get the right like, all your stuff, and you're and it's you all like, about your stuff, and, and you, you hated that saying, "Rather give than receive." <laughs> right. oh, who made that one yeah, up? Right. I want everything. Right, but I there want- was some point in the transition where you, I, I just get such an incredible high and a kick from watching someone. Yeah. Uh, enjoy something that i had a part in right do you know what i mean and yeah. and it can either be in a gift it can be a tv show it could be tickets to a concert you know or whatever it is you whatever know you're giving them that yeah. they normally would never get yeah and you're just looking at their wide eyes yeah saucer eyes yeah i i even uh sponsor uh somebody in honduras uh, Gelver. Are they on the had, caravan had, march had, up to America? No, I don't know where. <laughs> I just send in my $22. Right, okay, so, okay. And then I have my kids write to them. Okay, well, that's good. I like that. Yeah, but it's stupid, though, because they write stuff like, my dad made me sleep in the same hotel room in Hawaii. <laughs> These guys are in a hut with 19 kids in one lean-to. Oh, yeah. And my kids, and my, and my kids are, like, complaining about dad, you know, making them, you know, <laughs> I asked for one bike and he gave me this cheap version. I was, you know, you don't write that to Gel- Gelver and Wilmer, but I mean, even that when they write back these letters of appreciation, 
Let me get back to the to the thing that I was talking about earlier, because I I've, I felt a little hurt last night, not by by watching this TV show. And I just kind of I was like, really, and it's happened so many times. I'm wondering, you know, is that my lot in life, or do I do I not do I do things with an agenda so that they will appreciate or express their gratitude? It's so rare. Do you have that and at all that happens in your life where you do something for someone? And they disappear, or they go big time on you, or whatever. Like they're your friend, and you're going, man, you know, I, I just, I don't think like that. I don't know if that you were raised like that as well, but I'm really into like loyalty. And I go, what is it that I'm doing that makes them go, nah, I'm not going to stay in touch with him, or, you know. That's interesting. I mean, because you don't have that dynamic. Well, no, I mean, I think there, it's, I have it in certain levels, right? So in the business, in show business, um, you know, if I'm going to help someone out, it'd be nice to, at some point down the line, get a little recognition. It yeah. doesn't have to be immediate. It doesn't have to be uh, anything big, but you right. just kind of want it, right? Right. You know, you just kind of want it. You do. It. You have that in that show little, business. That I little do. Urge, yeah. Yeah. When it's the business side of it, I do. On the personal side of it, I, I, I genuinely don't. Uh, I give just because I really like to do it, and I, I, I get a. The giving part already satisfies that thing in me, so I'm not expecting anything, right? Now, if someone, I give someone, and they just kind of, like, ignore it and and, or, you know, don't say thank you, know, just the little things, and I kind of, like, tweaked a little bit, like, well, at least you're going to say thank you. I even get tweaked when I open the elevator for someone and they just walk in, (laughs) like like I'm their their elevator operator or or a doorman. I was like... At least give me a tip or acknowledge that I'm even here. I've had people did. I get a little irritated with that. Interesting. But the showbiz, though, then we do have that in common. Have you helped people along the way and then basically don't hear from them again? And they advance to a big level. Oh, I got a yeah, I got a great story on that. I oh, got I got to keep the names out of it, but right. Um, and I didn't. I was in a I was in a pitch, right? And I was I had uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson with me, and we were pitching a show. We were at a major network. Uh, and the pitch went really well. And as I was leaving, one of the executives uh, came up to me, pulled me aside, and said, "Do you remember me?" And I honestly, I did, but didn't. You know, so mm-hmm. that's kind of, you know how it is. Like you know, but you don't really remember. Sure. And but of course, I went. Of course, I remember you. You know, and you did. Kind of, well, I mean, I didn't want to be, you want to be rude, right. right? And so, and she said, she said, "Look, you." Um, I came into your office uh, and asked you a long time ago, should I be a producer or should I be an executive? And you looked at me and, and very honestly, and you said you should be an executive. And she goes, if it weren't for you, I would not be here and uh, and I would not now be running the network. Whoa. And I went, that's fantastic. You know, congratulations. You know, she laid that out, right? And so... Uh, and then I said, uh, a, a, a little while later, I said, uh, can you can you do me a favor, put one of my shows in development? Okay. Which is not a big ask, by the way. It's not like a, uh, a massive ask, but it is, you know, it requires you to put a little bit of your neck out just to, you know. And she heard sure. some of our ideas, liked one of them, said, that's it, we're doing that one. Not heard from her since. No. Yeah. What's funny is, though, that she did take the time to acknowledge. So the story really started off in a good oh, way. Oh, I was like, this shared is, her appreciation. Yeah, you're thinking, and you're thinking, oh, I'm and then glad she I was, was good to her. I'm glad she didn't come up. Remember me? You sexually harassed me. <laughs> I'm 
I'm ready for that yeah. one to happen. Oh, are you? No, I. I just did have it happen. Actually. I am. Yeah, somebody, you, yeah, private messaged me on Facebook. You're kidding me. Yeah, they said they heard, they heard that I did uh, something. <laughs> what? You were in the other room? I don't know. No, they said that. a reliable source. They said it's the brother. I go. If the brother was in the room, then you'd be a reliable source. But otherwise, he's not. But I, by the way, I was willing to hear it, and you know, I'm not going to even deny it. Do but. You, but, Do you worry about that? Do you worry that, you know, because of this, the Me Too movement, that someone's going to pop up and I, go, you, Shoemaker? You know why I don't worry? Because of who I am today. Yeah, you I, mean, I mean, who I am today is not that. And I get to have an opportunity for, ask for forgiveness, to make amends, to apologize, and so on, and also live a better life than I did back then. You know, I had predatory instincts. I'm sure you did as well. Uh, yes. I mean, look, I never Kavanaughed anyone, you know, I never really was, uh, you know, no was no for me always like always. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, I, 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 I'm but I was to, raised by my mother. You know what I mean? So, so was I, but I'm here to admit, uh, my mother didn't say, Hey, go rape a chick. But, I'm, but, but no, I, uh, I was too, but you know, I just had my own like route that I took that I thought that men were supposed to do this. And that's, what's great. I think there's a conscious evolution going on right now. And I, actually just talked to my accountant about it on the last podcast is he just did, didn't know and now we do that's why the Kavanaugh thing he probably did those things but I didn't have that big of a problem with him doing those things I mean I did and you don't but I mean you understand it but you but it's his reaction today yeah. that you know to vilify the victim now I'm willing like this one on Facebook that approached me I'm willing to hear everything and see what what's real and what's not and I'll I'll own everything, and I think it's great. But you say you heard no, but, you know, I don't know about you, but I would keep going. Well, I've never heard no. Let's just uh, – Oh, is that yeah. what it was? Yeah. <laughs> never heard that one before. I've never heard no. But I've heard no plenty if, of times. If I heard no, I would really? not – You oh, never yeah. heard no? No. You're well, that big of a stud? No, 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 no. I, I, I don't recall ever hearing no. I usually am the one who breaks up. Uh, but wait a minute. You you never heard when you're with them for the first time. You never heard no, and then you go, oh, come on, and you like start working it. You like you know do something you know that we know is to be a turn on, even if it's like rubbing her back or whatever it is. You keep going, don't you? I no, I, all right. So I'm maybe. trying. No, I mean I've uh, maybe I've, they'll all you, let you. I mean I've been. I think I've been lucky. Most of the girls that i've dated or hung out with and are always we always seemed game you know what i mean it wasn't like a okay i don't want to be with you sort of thing or i maybe maybe i've blocked it out of my mind <laughs> that's what i'm trying to say so, i don't know that i really believe that we're going through this process now where we're learning from it all which is great and by the way you are that's another thing we have in common you i know i i know where you are you know society wise political wise and you're a guy who's open and loving, and you, you've learned your lessons in life as well. And that's where I think we are. You either double down on, I'm going to be right at all costs, yeah. never apologize. Right. Or you're going to take this kind of a, like a spiritual direction, if you will. And I think that's what you, what's happened, happened with you. By the way, we've never even gotten to the business. Craig Armstrong is one of the biggest uh, producers of mostly uh, non-scripted, or they call reality television. Uh, unscripted, yeah, unscripted. Um, I called it non-scripted. Non-scripted, unscripted. It's rea <laughs> reality. Reality weirdly become this sort of word that people don't like to use. Uh, unscripted seems to be the word of choice these days. That's right. That is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 
Yeah, so you've done a lot of reality shows. You started on one of the big ones, Survivor, right? That's right. That's was right. that your first? That was my very, f- well, look, if we go back to the origin, uh, honestly, Rescue 911 was my very first unscripted uh show because but it was scripted you know what i mean so i don't know if that counts because we were doing recreations so the, the very first unscripted would be survivor yes and, and you were hired as a, like an associate producer on that or no I, I was hired to run that show what yeah in the beginning yeah oh, how, how is that possible you go that hey we got this guy he's from uh rescue 911 no 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 he's well, really had some great reenactments <laughs> We're going to bring him in on this giant show, Survivor. Like, there's a long list of people that are producers. Why in the world are they choosing you? Well, I mean, it's a circle, right? You're just in the circle. So I, um, before Survivor, I was hired as a creative producer on a show called Combat Missions, which Mark Burnett was making for USA. And it was essentially Survivor for... Mm -hmm. Uh, military special forces and i mean i did a really good job on that i knocked it out of the park and so he came to me and said uh you you know i want you to run survivor so i did and mark burnett is the creator of the show and uh people have a misnomer i found this out when i did i had a show uh this casino show i told you about a while ago yes and the guy that created it that thought of the idea when we were in negotiations he didn't understand the reality business is you're not Sherwood Schwartz, you know, of Gilligan's Island. You don't, like, own this intellectual property. It's different when you create a reality show. And there's a million ideas, too. Is it, Tell people the difference between, like, if I had a scripted show that I was the showrunner on as opposed to a showrunner on a non-scripted, unscripted show. Uh, well, I mean, you know, a... As far as ownership, like Mike Fleiss... He owns The Bachelor. This dude is a jillionaire now. Yeah, but, you, you know, the, the, the origin story of Survivor is that uh, a guy named Charlie Parsons in the U.K. created a show called Survivor. Oh. And Survivor in the U.K. was a year-long project where they put, uh, I think it was 16 people on an island and to see if they could survive. And that show fell apart dramatically because they started to literally kill each other because they there was a million dollars on the line and it was an indefinite amount of time someone died no 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 but oh, they were <laughs> they were at each other i watched that show. yeah it was it was it was very um you know it was it was not a great show and so charlie so so what was the problem they were killing themselves like well instead I mean, of doing these like i don't want to make fun of your show but those phony challenges they had real like people were like had a sword out for a piece of a praying mantis yeah, you know, it was it was more of a documentary, really, a cinema, cinema verite, see. right? So it was more of, let's just see what they do. You've got a million dollars. If you can survive till the end, you're yeah. the last one uh, on the island. After a year, you win a million dollars. Right. Well, they're trying to figure out how to get people off the island, how to hurt people so that they have to go away. There's oh. no elimination, right? So when the show got um, some buzz around it, Charlie went to the United States, and he originally went to uh, another Brit, um, and his name is escaping me right now. He now, he does, you know, he's known for um, uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Uh, I can't remember his name right now. And he didn't want to do it, so he then passed it to his buddy, who was Mark Burnett, who was doing Eco Challenge at the time, and said, do you want to do this show? And Mark said, absolutely. And, you know, the brilliance of Mark is that he figured out a format for it that would work for America, and, and he worked that format out. Like they, 
Yeah. You call it skinning, right? You, you yeah. like skin the format. Yeah, and you cracked the, crack the format. Cracked the format. Yeah, cracked it. And he I figured out a scripted, good scripted, you call it skinning. But, yeah, uh, skinning. Uh, skinning, cracked. You cr- know, okay, so you're, you're cr- he's in a room with a number of people, right? And you're not one of them yet. No, I didn't come in until season four. Oh, you did come in then. Okay. He uh, ran the first four then, the first he, four he, seasons. Well, no, there was another guy named Craig Poligian. Who, oh, I know him. Yeah. Who, he's a big he's a big producer. Yeah, he's a big like producer. Like you are, so. Yeah, he has his own production company. Um, and he's he's doing very well. I think American Choppers was one of his shows. Yeah, and yeah. A bunch yeah. of others. But um, Craig did seasons one, two, and three, and then uh, left. And they're going, get me another Craig. <laughs> I, do you know what? I actually think that is exactly what was going on. You're lying. I was Mark, making a joke. Mark just wanted to be able to remember a name. It's <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> no, I don't know. But it, but I did prove myself. But but the, I could have I could have gone. You could have been on. I never told you this, but I went in to audition on Survivor for Survivor, and uh, Wait, I was coming off of a show. Now the host of Survivor now, Jeff, Jeff Probst, who's a dear friend of mine. Yes, married he, me. He was. On a show that I was on, the, another show on VH1. He had a music show and I had a music show. Oh yeah. Mine was called My Generation. His was called Rock and Roll Jeopardy. That's right. So we both were like kind of even, you know, with the stats or whatever credits. Yeah, yeah. And I went in, and I went, ah, oh, this isn't gonna make it. <laughs> oh, you said Survivor wasn't gonna make no, it. No, I was. I like walked out going, this is. This is it's so funny because my partner, piece of trash. <laughs> my partner who did Amazing Race. Yeah. Couldn't understand Survivor. He didn't get it at all. And then Rick, yeah, Rick. Rick was like, because he was he was offered Survivor, or I think he was. I don't remember uh, it, what what was happening, but he just said no. He thought it was stupid. I, on the other hand, thought you know, sixteen people on an island, uh, outwitting, outlasting, outplaying was fascinating. Yeah. Great social experiment. And you know, to its credit, it's in its thirty seventh season wow. now. And is one of the greatest social experiments on TV. People don't understand, by the way, when you say 37 seasons, they're going, wait a minute, I'm 37 years old. That thing is, it's not years, it's seasons. But it's been on for. It's two per year. Two per year. So it's been on since 2001. Right. So almost 20 years. I thought I went in in like 2000. I thought that's when I auditioned. Well, maybe I did audition then. And then you may have auditioned on. for the very first one. I did. And and, oh, and if you would have stripped, you would have been Richard Hatch. You'd have been like on your way. Oh, my God. <laughs> if I, no, I mean to host it, not be on it. Oh, my God. I was up to be on it. You think, oh, that would have got me the part. That would have got you. Over the, Jeff Probst. No, no. If I only took my clothes off. Uh, a funny love, story about love that is that. A funny story about that is Phil. You know Phil from Amazing Race, right? Uh-huh. Phil and Jeff were up for the show, both of them. And uh, Les Moonves um, couldn't decide between Phil yeah. uh, and Jeff for Survivor. But he gave, he gave so, Phil the other well, one. No, what happened was he looked. Uh, he knew he was going to have Amazing Race coming down the pipe. And so he just basically said to Mark, you pick. You, It's your choice. And Mark went with uh, Jeff. And I can't imagine Survivor without Jeff, and I can't imagine Amazing Race without Phil. You know what's funny about that, Craig? I think you would agree with this. If this was today, neither one of them would be cast. Neither one would make? Neither one of those hosts would be cast today if those shows were new. I don't Same think- situation. I'm going to tell you why. We talked about this many times. They're not celebrities. People are looking for celebrity hosts now. They're yeah. looking for yeah. minority hosts now. And these are white dudes 
of the old school host Wink Martindale, Bob Barker era. They're coming out of that. And they're, you know, middle-aged white guys. Not happening anymore. So they would not be cast today. It's, it was a timing thing. That, um, I, I, you're probably right because the, the dawn of, of reality or unscripted essentially were those two shows. Yeah. And so it didn't matter who the host was. It was all about the show. It was all about That's true. that show. I actually don't even know who Phil is. Oh, you Amazing know? race. Oh, um, I mean, he doesn't do much on that show, does he? No, he just basically yeah, he wraps kind of it is, up. Is and, the you yeah. know, through line for it's, it. Yeah, he's a super good guy, though. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, I was not up for that show. Although I did want to. What you? If you wanted to give advice to someone who wanted to be on a show, let's say I wanted to go on with Justin. I thought that my son Justin, he's twenty years old. We have a very fun relationship. What would your suggestion be? And I'm serious, actually. I would like to go on the show with Justin. On Amazing Race. Yes, I would like to go on there. So, what would be what would be the uh, process that I would go through? Um, well, I mean, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but Erica and I were asked to go to be on Amazing Race. I did not know that. Yes, yeah. you were asked. Like, you didn't have to send in a tape of yeah. of you two doing uh, you know frisbee golf together or something. Well, I was on. Yeah. I was in the the way it happened was is we were in. Uh, you know, it's going to sound. Uh, a little Hollywood, but just bear with me. We were in uh, a limousine, headed heading to the Emmys for Survivor. <laughs> like for Survivor, a, that's right? Like a double Hollywood there. And, and in the limousine with us was the casting uh, uh, director of Amazing Race and Survivor. What's her name again? Lynn Spillman. Yes. That's and right. uh, she looked at us, and Erica and I are, you know, a, a particular type of couple. And she just went, you two would be amazing on Amazing Race. Uh, I want you to be on the show. Will Jeez. you be on the show? And Now, a casting director can't make the decision, though, right? No, but She's she, going to submit you. She was super with a wink, wink. influential, let's just put it that yeah, way. Right. And, and uh, Eric and I looked at each other, and we knew right away that Amazing Race would have destroyed our relationship. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. So we just said no. Because Erica, Erica does not travel well. That's, you know, my wife. And she does not travel well. And, and Is she a little princessy? No. She just really, like, doesn't. She gets super... Uh, she hyperventilates. She just gets. Oh, super, you mean that? She yeah. doesn't need like thousand thread count sheets and stuff. You know no, you she just that. doesn't travel well. Like literally, mm. doesn't travel well. Mm. So she uh, likes to be in her home. Yeah, and so I think she's now over that. I mean, mm. we travel all the time now. But but Lynn knew that me trying to manage Erica and Erica being overly dramatic and and uh, you know a type personality that it would have been a recipe for disaster, which would make a great great. You know, which cast. they want, yeah, which yeah. they want, and so we just we were like, no, no way, and you know, I there were, I really couldn't do it anyway because I was already affiliated with CBS on. Yeah, yeah, they would they would they would call you on that. But so, what would you advise if I do want to go on? With, you know, I, I I wrote her name down. I was going to contact her. I actually know a lot of casting directors, but I don't know her. She's so no what, longer on those shows, oh, by the way. No, I think she's on Amazing Race, but she's not on Survivor. No, I meant. Amazing Race. Yeah, I think so if I, think I were to go apply for Amazing Race with my son, what would the process be? There are people listening right now. They're going, I want to be on that show. I want to be on Survivor. I want to be on whatever it is. Let's take Amazing Race. If someone's listening, what would you say they should do to stand out, to be chosen? What's the process? Take us down the line. Well, you have to. You have to have. Uh, you have to have a story, in my opinion. You 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 can't just be what I would call normal. Uh, okay, like, so I checked that box. I'm a comedian yeah. with a son 
who is very funny as well, and we have an unusual relationship. So that box is checked. Yeah. So, you, so you, there has to be some interest that's that jumps out of the stream of just the population that makes people go, huh? You know, why? Why? So there has to be a why you, right? So, so it has to be even their occupation. You know, maybe they make you know statues out of roadkill or something. You know, they do something unusual. They go, oh, don't find that every day. Right. Right. There has to be a level of passion. There has to be a level passion of for just life. And honestly, that show, whatever that show is, you, it's like you eat, breathe and sleep. Amazing race. That goes a long way. Um, uh, you have to be interesting. You can't be boring. Uh, you, and what does that mean, though? Interesting. I well, mean, everybody thinks they're interesting, don't they? Yeah, but 90% of all people are not that interesting, <laughs> including celebrities, including, you know, they're not. Right. Because you know how it works. It's like when you're on, you're on, and when you're home, you're just home, and you're mm-hmm. most of us are boring. But there's that few group, there's a few group of people that when they're home or when they're on the road or when they're going to the supermarket or whatever they're doing, they're just drama. Drama seems to follow them no matter what happens. You know, they've always got stories of something happening to them. They've always got stories of, uh, you know, getting into a fight with someone. Mm -hmm. They've always got stories, right, where you're just like, my gosh, these people are like, this person leads a really interesting life and and they talk and they're just completely, you know, completely uh, talking about everything and anything. I mean, it's it has to have. And they're worldly. They yeah. need to be a bit worldly, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Yes, I don't think they have to worldly in the sense that they know everything about the world. No, no, no. Just you know, kind of like they can carry on a conversation throughout the world, or maybe they don't. Maybe they could be like a, a ignoramus, and they're going to look, look be the fish out of water when they're, you know, visiting Switzerland or yeah. something. Right? There just has to be something. It, it is. It is almost exactly like when you're looking for a star, right? There's that, that just that little it thing, you yeah. know, that's something that makes people go, I got to watch that. Mm-hmm. I got to watch that person. Uh, I want to go to that person's house. I want to be at a party with that person. You know, all those sort of things that you hear in real life, that's the same sort of metrics that we look for. You know, because I've been through countless amounts of casting sessions and uh, and you're sitting and you're listening and you're, you know, on, you know, just bored a lot of times. But then someone will pop in and the room just changes. The energy changes Amazing. and you sort of sit up in your chair and you kind of pay attention. That's the first indication that you've got someone who's good for um, uh, a TV show. When I walk into some of those rooms, though, I have that feeling of I don't want to sound self-obsessed. But then again, though, it's kind of you see the dichotomy. You have to be because are you going to talk about them? Hey, Les Moonves, how you doing? You know, well, I no, see you're married to, to Julie Chen or whatever. I mean, you're not going to strike up a conversation. No, no, you're supposed to talk about yourself, but it's not something that you can control, really. I mean, you know, like I could, I could tell if a person was turning it on just to turn it on in the casting session. Oh yeah, you can totally tell. So they're not being authentic. <clears throat> yeah. So and we would do things. I mean, and. Uh, uh, we would do things in our casting sessions uh, that would help reveal that. So you might come in and let's say you're nervous and let's say you're being really talkative and you're really trying hard to be. Uh, this is like for Survivor. Yeah, or, or anything yeah. really. But this, I'm, the one I'm giving you is Survivor. Good. And you're really trying to be outgoing and, and it just seems like you're talking about a bunch of nothing, right? <laughs> I might um, look over and uh, at Jeff and. 
go, did you see Craig's um, hotel bill? And Jeff would go, no, what's going on with his hotel bill? And I'd go, well, he, you know, he's got like 12 charges last night of porn movies. And Jeff, you're kidding me. And he'd grab a piece of the piece of paper. He'd look at it. Then he'd pass it to Mark and go, why would he be watching so many porn movies? And we would have this conversation amongst ourselves Mm -hmm. about your uh, all night porn uh, addiction of movies. Right. Because they're visiting California and they're in a hotel. No, no, no. All of it's made up. Oh, it's made up. All of it's made up. The piece of paper is blank. What I'm looking for is your reaction. And you, if you sit there and just go, well, I know they're not telling the truth and you're very sort of calm about it, well, you're not that great. If you freak out and go, what are you talking about? I'm not, and you get You're upset. giving them a scenario that might take place of some conflict or something where they have to sort of plead their case. Yeah. And then when they're on the island, that's what they're doing and they yeah. have that passion. Yeah. And they're crazy. That's right. And they're, or whatever, we'll, we'll, however they react. That's exactly They're reactive. Right. That's right. We might instigate, uh, I might say, uh, you know, that's sure. Uh, obviously you're gay. And you, your reaction to yeah. that m- might spark something. You know, we would say things and do things that were highly uh, offensive. But we did it for a reason to get a reaction, a real reaction, mm-hmm. because anyone can cover and audition and try to be on their best behavior. But when you start to kind of drill at them about their either their appearance or their their moral standards, you want to like, take them away from the things they memorize. That's right. The script that they have. That's right. They're going in there with some intention. I'm going to get this across. That's they're right. going to make sure I get this impression in there. Take or them off the game. Take them off the game. Yeah. And see what they're going to be like, because that's what the game is. That's right. The, the entire game of Survivor is a game. People forget that. That's right. And and, and most of the shows are, are that, right? Mm-hmm. What shows do you have on the air right now? I have nothing yet on the air. We're about to shoot uh, a pilot for uh, True uh, that is traveling to other countries, which will be a lot of fun. You say a pilot. So for those that aren't in the know, you shoot a pilot. Get, tell us the process. It's a First, you pitch it. Sometimes you make a what's called a sizzle reel. It's like a sales reel. Did you do that for this show? No, this one was a complete outlier. I happen to know uh, personally the talent, and um, she was uh, at my house, and we were just hanging out, and uh, the idea just kind of popped up, and I just pitched her a very clean one line really yeah i said what do you think of this and she no went, pitch deck no graphics nothing nothing and, you go nothing. in with an idea this is very rare though craig right well this i would say it's it never happens <laughs> but <laughs> so that's rare but but okay. it's you know i pitched it to her and she goes wow i really love that a lot and i said do you mind if i call uh i had a, I had a network in mind i said do you mind if i call the network and just pass it, run it by it, run run them, run your name by them, and she went, yeah, no worries, absolutely, uh, and so I did that. And the network went, we love this idea, um, and we love the talent, and we love the talent, and so we met with the network, uh, uh, her and I, mm-hmm. and we pitched it again. A little more thought at this particular yeah. point, but we did we didn't have a deck, and we pitched it again, and uh, they said, great, we would love to do it. If you want to do it, we'll order a pilot, and you know can you shoot it and, and so it happened that the pilot though that doesn't mean it's picked up no what do they do with the pilot they air it in the summer or they do a test no, no, it's, it's how a, do they usually do that it's, it'll, most of the times they're non-airable pilots so non-airable yeah so okay. there's you know the scripted side has pilots to test in the market and so people can watch them 
a lot of times, and then sometimes they have non-airables, and it's the same way in unscripted. So it's, ours is a non-airable pilot that only the network will watch, yeah. and the network will watch and make a decision based on the pilot. And then if they want it, then we have a series, they'll straight do to an, series. They'll do an order for yeah. 13 or something like right. that, and That's then right. now you're off and running. So you, That's right. they paid you the money to do the pilot. That's right. All yeah. right. Well, we're really getting a great insight into show business and the mm-hmm. non-scripted world. This is great. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to conclude with something where I do this every week with every guest. How can I help you? How can I help you? Do you have something in your life? It could be deep and dark. It could be light. It could be anything. Something that you would maybe need an assist on. Maybe even if it's a small thing like an introduction. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's something physical. You're, you're going through something physical. Maybe you're going through emotional. <clears throat> Maybe it's a difficulty you're having with someone. I've just listed a number of things. Do you have anything that you would need help with? Um, well, look, I mean, I think I think uh, everyone needs help and yeah. should should. But we uh, don't ask for it. That's well, we thing. don't ask for it, yeah. right? And I think what's been great about um, our growing relationship is you have always sort of helped without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I've asked a few, you know, we've talked and as we've been talking a lot of times, like I'm having a trouble, I'm having a hard time selling my house. Right. Um, oh, that's true. and you, you're like, well, I got the perfect guy for you, <laughs> you know? And, Did you and look him up today? Uh, well, I'm calling him when I'm leaving, uh, uh, today because, uh, I'm, I'm going to try him out. So I put a guarantee on it. Too. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I took it. I said one week, a week I and a half. To, you said I, a week and a half. I have it on tape. Oh, jeez. You said a week and a half. You did. You pulled out that phone. You were filming me. I did. I shot it. A week and a half. But it doesn't start today, and it can't start even. It has to start next Monday if you hire him today. <laughs> All right. You have to, when the clock is on, you let me know. I'll let you know as soon as the He's clock is on. He's the man. He sells, he sells houses. He's number yeah. nine in the country. I, I know. Okay. When you sent me that, that's what I went, okay, well, I'm doing that. Okay. Now, yeah, that was a done deal. That was He's the, ranked in the world. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. And so, I mean, you've you've been great. You were great with that. I appreciate that. And you know, I always come to you um, on on the business side for for talent suggestions and just talent in general because I know you have that kind of dial in. And um, nothing would make me happier than to be you know on a set somewhere and with have you. you on the you, set with me. Wouldn't that be cool? I agree. And, you know, I got we're a like, little, hey, we I got that. a little misty eyed on that one. I think that's a great thing. Yeah. That's a great deal. That's a, that would be a great goal for us because we're friends. We're both successful in our own right. But why not like have somebody at your level? Yeah. You know, both been through the mill on exes and things like that and difficulties in life and why not like celebrate it with being successful and being on a set somewhere and having a blast. I mean, I know we have our one deal together. It seems to be fading a little bit, but I'm going to bring it back because no, I'm a stubborn prick. Needs I, talent. I, Needs I, talent. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm going to make that happen. I said the other day we should do a, a scaled-down version and sell it to a lesser network. We'll talk about that off the air because we can't announce. We can't. You can't tell people. I've had so many. Have, I, have you ever had stuff stolen? Uh, yeah, ideas? Like, like ideas? Oh, it's, yeah. It's constant. A- absolutely. Or, or else you came up with it at the same time someone else did. Well, there's it's, no it's, it's there's no real original idea, right? It's know, super tough. Is, so yeah. I don't take offense to um, to that sort of stuff, right? Like the only story I have really of a direct, in my opinion, a direct thievery was, um, uh, and you know, uh, one of the guys, Stu, 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, Stu. So Stu, I was with Stu, and we were talking about a show, a, a show idea, and we were kicking it around, and um, uh, we came up with it, and, you know, it was a good idea. It was a very good idea. It was for this network, and... Um, and Stu said, I'm going to go pitch it to that network. And I was like, great, do that, you know. And we were like, we were in. He pitched it without you. Uh, yeah, because it was for, I couldn't do it for some reason. It wasn't, like, nefarious or anything like okay. that. But, but he, he, you know, and he pitched it. And um, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, like, a few months later, it was dead. You know, like, nothing. Stu came back and said, nothing happened from it. Mm. It's not going to work. And then a few months later, uh, I see, it was probably a little bit longer than that, but I see... Uh, a show on the air uh, called uh, um, uh, Hot Shots or Top Shots. Top Shots, which is Better a, not be Hot Shots. It was Top Shots. <laughs> and it was basically about marksmanship okay. and being able to shoot and yeah. great shooters. And That's cool. Exact same title, exact same idea, mm-hmm. just with Craig Belligian. <laughs> oh, jeez, really? So it was interesting. Well, did Stu take it to him? Well, I think the network did. The network gets pitched by Stu, so it wasn't Stu that. Did no, it. I don't. I don't blame Stu at all. But the network then goes to somebody they work with more, like Polygian, right? Yeah, Pilgrim. They probably had to deal with him, and they right, went, and right. They so went, they go to their their their, their people that they liked, and yeah. people that have a track record with them, and they go to them and go, "We have this great idea." Mm-hmm. They just take it. It's mm-hmm. amazing to me. Well, listen, we have to go. Um, a, a friend of mine who played for your Cowboys. I know. He, he played for the – it was weird. I was looking at him. He played for the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Giants. That's true. And the Broncos. That, yeah. And the thing is, is all of them were uh, Cowboy rival <laughs> And Super Bowl opponents. That's right. Yeah. But he, he won a Super Bowl, right? Yeah, he won with the 49ers. But uh, I'll have him on a guest. Well, anyway, it was great to hang with you as always, Craig. And – um you know, uh, look for Craig's shows. He doesn't have anything on the air right now, but that's okay. That's when I talk to him. I know he doesn't talk to me if he has a show. On the air <laughs> that's not true at all. I'm just kidding, because he gets I'll come busy back when I have a show. I love that. You know, and one of these days we're gonna have a we're gonna score with one. But uh, listen, I hope uh, hope this might have helped you. Uh, you know, if you want to get on Survivor, you want to get on a reality show, you want to uh, you know raise your kid to be a great musician, a producer, whatever we covered here. It was a lot. It was a real pleasure having Craig Armstrong was our guest today. Uh, keep downloading us and you know rate us. Give us a good rating, Craig. You got to spread the word when we put this out with you. I be can't. Next... I will. Thank you okay. for having me. Oh, it's, a, it's a pleasure always. But yeah, make sure you tell your Facebook friends and stuff like download us, rate us, give us a good rating. And what happens is, I'm not going to make any money, folks. Let's be honest. You're not. You don't make money, but this is to entertain you and hopefully help you. Even if it is to entertain you and get you through another hour, you're on the treadmill now and you're going, hey, that was that was kind of entertaining. I didn't know Craig Armstrong before, but that was those are some cool stories. That might have helped you just through get you through your workout, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be complex or big. It could just be that. We hope you help, we helped you today. Craig Armstrong, this is Craig Shoemaker. Well, you knew that already. All right. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> org. Go give it a visit. Check it out. See how you can support it's a nonprofit organization which offers grins, giggles, and guffaws, and raises the awareness of the healing powers of laughter, working in aftercare facilities, hospitals, wound warriors, cancer patients, rehabs. Well, just about everybody needs laughter, and we're here to spread it around. It is the best medicine, so just open up and say ha ha. This episode was brought to you by laughterheals.org. 
How was that for my announcery, advertising, promotion voice? Afterhills.org. Thank you.